there's wiggle room to be had. This team does not need to pay Evgeny Malkin the same salary he's currently making in order to keep him here for the remainder of his career. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates in the very same place that you found this particular play button. It will be still, hopefully, we think, Penguins versus Sharks this coming Sunday at 1.08 p.m. at PPG Paints Arena. I know I'm planning on being there. We'll see if the NHL can somehow pull it off. In the meantime, the team continues to practice. They were out on the ice again yesterday in Cranberry. And for the first time in many months, like since the Islanders' playoff series, Evgeny Malkin spoke with the assembled media and did so in a way that makes you wonder why he doesn't do it more often and why he purports to not enjoying it because he he goes in there and he's joking around and he's laughing and calling reporters by name and everything else. And I don't understand that aspect of his personality that I never have and don't expect that I ever will. I do know that it's uh, it's great to see him and to hear him looking and sounding like he's close to being back. He did make it clear that he won't return for the Sunday game against the Sharks, and most likely it'll happen at some point in the five-game Western trip that's supposed to follow. I guess we'll see if that gets affected by any of this as well. But that's the timeline that he's looking at. And he also got into, because he knew this was going to come up, his contract situation. For anybody who doesn't know, this is Malkin's last year. And it's, I guess, at least a little bit surprising to me that it hasn't been more of an issue, maybe because the whole out of sight, out of mind thing. But it's the last year for both Malkin and Latang. Malkin's salary this year is $9.5 million. Latang's is $7.5 million. Now, Latang is younger, and I think Latang can come up with a more solid case that he could slash should stay right around his same pay scale. But Gino is at a level where, how do you say this without sounding disrespectful? Because I definitely don't intend to. But it's awfully hard to bank on him for roughly $10 million worth of hockey player value within a salary cap structure for a period of three or four years. And that is, by the way, the timetable that Gino himself said yesterday that he'd be looking at for the rest of his career. Says he wants to play three or four more years. And, and, and hey, I'm just going to play the whole thing. Here, here's what he had to say about the contract situation. Uh, no, no, I'm not uh, thinking about uh, my contract. I'm not thinking about money. Uh, I'm like pretty rich guy. <laughs> uh, no, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, uh, no, I'm not thinking about money. Like it's now, it's like my point. Like I have like tough like uh, half year and like, like I want back like my level game. Like, and uh, again, like 
we have great group we have great coaches and like like i miss to hockey so much and like uh, i want to enjoy it like every game and like i know like it will be not easy but i want like uh play like three four more years and like i feel feel I'm, i can told you he was awesome right good for him good for him and good for him for having that attitude because while there are a lot of different things that I've wondered about this extraordinary individual over the years, I've never wondered whether or not he wants to play his entire career in Pittsburgh and alongside Sidney Crosby. That has never, ever, ever, ever been in doubt. And I believe that he would speak with Ron Hextall, Brian Burke, Mario Lemieux if needed, the new ownership if needed, and work out something that compensates him fairly for who he is and what he's done because he's done a lot and he's made the organization a lot more money than what he's been paid, if you think about it. And at the same time, making sure that he and Sid and Latang and everybody else continue to be in a spot where they can do the thing that interests them the most in winning Stanley Cups. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals. For those in need, visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. Gino and Sid don't have a whole heck of a lot in common, and that's something that's probably pretty easy to see from any perspective. But they do have this in common. They have both always been principally motivated by cups. Yeah, they've both won their share of individual hardware over time. I think people forget that you know, Gino's also been an MVP, a scoring champion, a Conn Smythe winner. But more than anything, between Gino and Sid and Latang, their pride and joy is in those three rings. And they know now and talk about now having the opportunity for even more and being part of one of the greatest cores in modern hockey history. And you know what? If you get a fourth, if you're those guys and you get a fourth, you might automatically leap to the top of that bracket, depending on what your line of demarcation is. Most people like to use the salary cap era. Okay, well, in the salary cap era, are they a better core than... Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, and those couple defensemen that the Hawks had? They are with a fourth. Nobody would be disputing it. Are they better than Andre Kopitar, Drew Doughty? Uh, oh, Jeff Carter, I guess you could throw in as part of those Kings as well. He was a big part of those teams. Yeah, vault right to the top. No discussion. No argument. Not even a syllable to be spoken. You can do that. Right down the line, I'll throw in the Tampa guys since they're on the roll, the ongoing roll. 
better than Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman and, and everybody else associated with the Bolts. Yes, yes, of this century, they would be the best core of players anyone's ever assembled. That, that's, that's not nothing. And that's their thing. And Gino knows he can't just go walking onto some other team and have that same impact, the same level of respect, the same uh, mutual love between him and the city that he enjoys in Pittsburgh. So I believe that you can have this discussion without insulting him. I believe that you can have, uh, oh, everyone's waiting for numbers, I'm sure, in this in this dialogue. And that's not easy to do because it's going to come across as insulting when you tell Gino to take a pay cut. But I think if you say, listen, you're talking about three or four years, well, you're the one that threw the oar in there. So how about if we guarantee four years or whatever it is, and you know we'll see how far it goes. That, that to me is the kind of thing that you can do. If he's not up to it for whatever reason, he's got way too much pride to hang on for a paycheck. As you heard him say, uh, he's already like pretty rich guy. He could deal with the money component of it, I'm sure. And he would step aside. Great players are never comfortable staying on the rink uh, longer than they should. With a big exception for number 68 over in the Czech Republic who can't be chased off the rink. Gino, I, I think there's something that can be worked out. I think you could look at something like four or five years in the eight range and find a way to structure it so that you're accounting for a salary cap increase at some point and at the same time accounting for the fact that the cap is not going to increase for the next couple of years because of the pandemic. So th there's, it's not as simple as just dropping a number. I think something can be worked out here, and I think it can be done in a way that doesn't slap him in the face. When we come back, just one question. For just one question, that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T, Sportsnet, Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Chris, who asks, if we're going with the Gino is going to need time to get back line of thinking, why not go with 71, 9, and 42 as the second line? We all know that Gino is a natural center, but coming off injury, he could start on the left wing like he's been practicing. Those numbers, of course, have Malkin on the left wing, Evan Rodriguez at center, and Kasperi Kapanen at the right wing. And you're right, Chris. Gino has spent a little bit of time on the left wing in these recent practices, notably taking Jake Gensel's place on Sid's left wing. This has no chance of sticking. Gino is not playing left wing. Gino is a natural center um, in the truest sense of the term. He's someone whose game 
has to flow through the middle of a rink. He is a late arrival to the zone, much more so than he is the first guy on the forecheck, and nothing that would make sense about Gino on the wing except in the most extraordinary of circumstances. That said, it sure was interesting yesterday that Gino skated as the second-line center for the first time through his recovery process, and he did so between Danton Heinen and Jeff Carter. And you know all that money that you spend to listen to Daily Shot of Penguins? Yeah, all that money. It's all worth it, because what have I been suggesting all along? Get him and Carter onto your top six and figure out the left wing. I have been skeptical that it had happened, mostly because all I've heard for months now from the inside is Malkin and Kapanen, Malkin and Kapanen. I actually heard that from Kapanen himself, that he's expecting to be with Malkin once he comes back. Not demanding it, not pounding his fist or whatever, but just that that's been the way that he's been thinking about it. This makes way more sense. You relieve some of the burden on Carter, who's been there all along, who's played an awful lot of hockey. He's 36 years old. Definitely don't want to wear him down heading into the playoffs, given that, you know, he was your best playoff performer against the Islanders. You slide him over, take away some of those draws. And best of all, you put a guy out there in Carter who fits to a T exactly the kind of winger who has long succeeded alongside Malkin. Dan Bilesma used to refer to this as Ruslan Fedotenko hockey. <laughs> if you picture your, your table hockey setup and the, the rod is just going up and down and up and down, and of course it'll curl around that far corner. You know what I'm talking about. That was Fedotenko when he was with Malkin during the Penguins' uh, first cup run with this core. And it works beautifully because Malkin does so much east-west, and as I referenced, prefers to be the last forward joining the rush so that he can find the open space and have other people hit him. He also loves, Gino does, to have shooters with him. Guys that are pure shooters. Well, I know what Kapanen can do in practice, and I know what he can do in drills, and I know what he's done this season, and I'm not sure that I would value the kind of finishing that he's done to the point where you say, oh, he's got to be top six. No way. Over Jeff Carter? No thanks. No thanks. You still have enough centermen. Very easily to make a go of it with the remainder of this team. If Teddy Bluger's your third-line center, Brian Boyle's your fourth-line center, and Boyle's been really good on the kill and everything else, that's a much better solution than trying to force other situations onto your top six. I would love to see this group stick together. And I'll say the same for Heinen. Heinen is a... He's not a pure up-and-down winger, but he's pretty close to it. And he, like Carter, 
is a finisher. He's a guy that when you give him X number of chances, he's going to convert. Well, he's he's done so at a 17% clip already this season. That's a little high, but it's also not unexpected with the natural ability that he has in this category. So I, I, I like this. Like, I like it a lot. I, I hope it sticks. Uh, you know, if you have a top six of Crosby, Gensel, and Rust, and then Malkin, Heinen, and Carter, and you find a way to make sure that Evan Rodriguez is staying very, very much involved in everything that he should as I talked about on this show earlier this week. That's a pretty good setup. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do one more of these this week tomorrow.